We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, since last we talked to our great community on whatever it was, Thursday night, I guess, not a whole lot by way of news has happened, but there's plenty to talk about. One of those uh, small mi- uh, matters of news, though, that came out, if you could call it news, I mean, it's really m- more just um, conjecture in the realm of no resolution. But Mike Kliss, last week, Zach, we got some mixed signals. Mike Kliss started the whole Dalvin Cook thing by saying that there's no chance or whatever. doesn't look like they're going after him. And then that got rebutted by who was it? Was it Schefter that said the Broncos are interested? I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. But then cut to today, because now that he's been free for a while, he's still out there. Mike Kliss in his column today says it appears, Zach, that's the verbiage he used, the Broncos are not in on the uh, Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. So what do you make of this kind of up and down? Is it on purpose? Are the Broncos working their sources? Is it just media guys stepping on each other's toes or was there never anything there to begin with? Well, these are two real bona fide insiders giving us conflicting information. And I think both things can be true at the same time. The Broncos, according to Schefter have monitored Dalvin cook status for weeks and have shown interest. And of course, according to Mike close, now that cook is free and maybe they're hearing about his asking price or uh, how much money he'll be commanding that they're not in on him because they don't feel like they need him. Maybe it's genuine that Javante is ahead of schedule. Maybe they fully believe that Samaje P. Ryan can be the number one uh, running back for the long term. But it, it, it would, when you boil it down, we had this conversation on Thursday, but when you boil it down, you brought up a good point. It would be a luxury. However you spin it, it would be a luxury for this team because they don't need a running back. They would want Dalvin Cook. Though, if you look at it objectively as well, when the cook rumors started swirling, then it came out that the Broncos signed Frank Clark and gave him, you know, some, uh, some guaranteed base salary. And I think that money would have went toward cook. If the interest was legitimate, they filled a bigger need elsewhere. It's the price of doing business in the NFL. Can't have everyone. It's true. It it definitely would be a luxury move uh, for the Denver Broncos adding Dalvin cook. I mean, like I've been saying for the last uh, week or so, 
I wouldn't hate it if all of a sudden, as we're talking live now, Zach, news breaks, Broncos signed Dalvin Cook. You know, I'm not going to crucify the move. I just think that the Broncos are going to end up being in much, a much better situation of running back uh, in the final analysis, like when we look back on this season, than a lot of people might think right now, just because I think Javante Williams actually is much further ahead of schedule than people realize because he's a freak of nature in more ways than one. He's like one of the smartest dudes on the roster. I mean, the, the brain on that guy is unbelievable. Like if you go look into his resume, um, you know, his, his, uh, scholarship, what, what am I looking for? What's academic career? That's what I'm looking for. Uh, long day, believe it or not. Um, and then of course you throw in what we know about him as an athlete. And I just think he's going to be, I think he's going to defy uh, convention in terms of his timetable. And even if he didn't, Samaj P. Ryan, he's a guy that I understand. Look, we don't know he can be a number one guy, but Sean Payton believes he could be. Sean Payton said that. And the, and the Broncos kind of paid him accordingly. So, you know, then you get past those two guys and it's a lot of unproven kind of up and comers, younger guys, but I like the upside on all of those dudes and it's balanced well with what they have at the top of the depth chart. So you could argue Zach right now that the Broncos depth chart at running back is a little bit top heavy and murky at that because of Williams outlook. But I think when this is all said and done, people are going to be like Dalvin who, um, when you look back on this season, you know, this time next year. The longer they go without adding a running back, let's say they don't sign Dalvin Cook, it's just another boost for Jaleel McLaughlin stock. I, I really think the Broncos got a steal in McLaughlin, and the Broncos know they got a steal, and they're going to work him accordingly. I, I said on a previous podcast that it seems like he's sewing up RB3 duties, if only because running backs around him are getting cut. Three in the last two weeks. They haven't added anyone else. They have Javante, who's still up in the air. You know, A lot of things right now are too hard to predict going forward. We know that Javante is going to come back at some point. We just don't know what that Javante will look like. We don't know when that some point will be. A lot of unanswered questions. I don't think, though, as of right now, as much as I would like it personally, it would look good on paper that Dalvin Cook is in the uh, imminent plans. David McElrath jumping in long before we went live. Really appreciate you, David, saying good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, if you haven't already read the articles on MHH, do so. They're outstanding. Thanks, MHH. And then he says, MHH for life. Fuck them with a B. Denver Broncos for life. Very kind of you. Thank you, David. We actually have a lot more uh, experience writing than we do this this podcasting thing, you know. So that's kind of uh, what our first focus has been all these years. Yeah. is uh, the written side of things, and the podcast comes after. Man, it's really StreamYard's lagging on me tonight. Bad, dude. I don't know what it is. Scott, it must be something in my camera settings, dude, because it seems the lag is mostly me. Like, do you ever notice Zach lagging? I don't, dude. Like, seriously, I don't ever notice Zach lagging. And between you and uh, between the three of us, he's the only one that's on an Apple, right? So maybe you and I are missing the boat here, and Zach's the, the cool <laughs> kid with the – we're just the great unwashed. God is fuming right now that you said that. <laughs> uh, so, so sorry guys I don't know what it is Lately StreamYard has been really weird Sometimes Most of the time It'll keep us on time here With the lag What what you hear And what you see on the screen Matches up But as you can see right now It's a little bit lagged So hopefully it'll uh, reset here soon But um, one more And then we got some matters of business To get to Sam Bam Love you big dog Thank you very much Also uh, jumping in Right before we went live With the super chat He says If we don't get Dalvin Cook Zach what about, say, a Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette 
as a one-year running back rental for like five to ten million dollars are you looking to spend that kind of money on a one-year rental running back zach no and not for a running back that shares the same qualities as two others that you have in pookie and uh p ryan the thing about dalvin cook that's so exciting he's what the broncos don't have maybe mclaughlin or tyler Beatty can be that but they have the power backs they don't have the game breaker back they don't have the back that you put the ball in his hands and at any point on the field he can take it to the house that's what dalvin cook can do he's not washed He's getting up there in age, but he's certainly still very productive Four consecutive thousand yard seasons. If they're going to splurge at running back, which I, it doesn't look that probable. The only guy that appeals to me is Dalvin cook based on his two way ability. I we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Still wouldn't hate or I look, I never hated the idea of Kareem Hunt, but as soon as the Broncos decided to go the way of Samaj P. Ryan, it was like Kareem Hunt, you don't need anymore. Besides, uh, what's the most that like a guy like Leonard Fournette has ever made in his career? Probably around six million per year on that top five rookie contract he was on to begin his his career as what was he like number four overall, if I remember back in the day. So, in other words, I'm not opposed to signing either one of these guys per se, Sam, but spending that kind of money, if that's what it would cost, which it, I don't think it would for either one of those guys, probably more along the lines of like two million bucks, you know, three at the most for either one of those guys, just where they're at age wise. All right. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, I just don't think that would necessarily with what we know be money well spent, especially considering some of the other areas of the roster. Uh, Mike, what is going on, big dog? Great to see you tonight. Appreciate you. Let's see. Ooh, look at this. Zach, he's got a new profile pic on Facebook, right? He's rocking his uh, Buckham, and he's got both. He's got the hat. He's got the shirt, and Dope. then he's got some writings. All I see is Broncos and Buckham. So this is rad. This is this is why we love Mike. Yes, indeed, you did. See, I noticed these things, Mike. I noticed these things because everyone in this chat, in this community, is numbered in my heart. Trust like this beautiful, beautiful human being, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, love you so much. You, so man. generous. Thank you. We could really use this this time of year. Trust. She says a play for Dalvin cook might sound nice, but would be nice word. Superfluous. In my opinion, Denver Broncos. forever. She says, love you, Michaela. What say you Zach? I definitely. And thank you again, Michaela, as always, every single day, it's, it, it never gets old and we definitely appreciate it. I was going to say to your previous uh, comment or the previous comment about spending five to 10 mil, I would rather take that money and put it toward a defensive end. 
or a center. You know, the two positions the Broncos arguably or objectively need more than another running back. So I'm, I'm with Michaela here. Would it be nice? Absolutely. Would I like it? Absolutely. But do the Broncos need it? No. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a luxury situation. And, um, you know, one thing too, Zach, if we hadn't been hearing and seeing with our eyes, well, first of all, if we hadn't been hearing so many positive things about Javante Williams being ahead of schedule and then seeing with our own eyes that he's out there running drills, not just team or pardon, not just individual where he's on the sideline, kind of like, you know, working out with trainers while everyone else does their thing. But like, he's been involved in some of the team stuff too. So like, that is like neon sign going, whoa, this guy actually is ahead of schedule because especially starters, I mean, teams are very kick gloves with with this time of year, exposing those guys to anything when they're recovering from a grievous injury like Javante Williams. So the fact that he's out there uh, speaks volume. So I'm stoked on the running backs. I mean, the name, one thing you said, Zach, kind of did get me thinking a little bit, which is, and then I want to take care of some matters of business. I want to show you guys the updated Super Chat rankings for the month of June. But one thing you said, Zach, that kind of got me thinking along a little bit different tack here is Dalvin Cook does offer a different skill set than either of the top two guys that, that are in Denver currently. Like Javante, P. Ryan, very similar players in terms of you know their skill sets. I would argue that uh, Javante is a little, at least the guy we knew before the injury, a little bit more explosive than P. Ryan, um, but pretty similar and in a good way too. In that you know they're very well rounded in their respective game. Whereas, and by the way, GLP, what's up? Love you, big dog. Hi guys. He says I agree with Michaela. Denver Broncos for life. Love you, Gary. Um, whereas Dalvin Cook, he's very much a one cut downhill guy. Uh, excellent vision, phenomenal vision. I mean, you got to have that kind of vision to succeed in his own blocking scheme the way he has. But a threat, Zach, to take it to the house at any point. And he's got some hands. Like, don't sleep on his hands. So that does have me thinking a little bit. But I just don't think the, the gap between them, you know, the two guys they have, the skill set and the skill set Cook has, is enough to go freaking out about trying to spend four, five, six million uh, per year right now. If not, maybe even more. We'll see to get him in Denver. And you brought up a good point as well about uh, Javante, the fact that he's out there and, and doing these exercises. I, I didn't think he'd be cutting and taking a handoff, even OTAs when he had that injury. I thought for sure he was a PUP or IR candidate. So he's ahead of schedule in that sense. And it's encouraging because look at the emphasis the Broncos and Sean Payton have put on the strength and conditioning departments with Bo Lowry and, and, and Dale Dalrymple and the new staff there. And he really trusts those guys, especially Bo Lowry. He could not stop talking about him. And if Bo Lowry is signing off on Javante, taking those carries and doing these exercises, then we should all be encouraged. Um, Troy, we're going to grab this from Troy and then we're going to go through some rankings. All right. Uh, in the house, we have, and I, I got a, I got a question for you, Troy. Before we actually answer your question, I got a question for you. Your Twitter handle, right? So uh, I finally realized, oh, we're connected on Twitter. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So you've been getting tagged every show when you support with a super chat or whatever. But your handle, Fawn Donkey, Phone Donkey, at P H O N Donkey. Okay, I'm trying to figure out what it means. So holler at your boy and let me know. Tell us in the chat. I'm trying to figure it out. But he says, hey, guys, do you see us restructuring any contracts at this point? Zach, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to serve this up a little bit. I do see a couple of contracts that are 
restructure worthy. I'm just not sure that, to use his language, it happens at this point. I think Justin Simmons, as time marches on, is a candidate for a restructure. Not not even in a sense of let's like give him a pay cut, but just like reorganizing it, uh, reorganizing it to give the Broncos more flexibility. But Garrett Bowles, I think he's got to really show yeah. out this year and stay on the field. And uh, or otherwise, I mean, his cap hit relative to left tackles in the league, the version, the caliber of play Zach he offered in twenty one and twenty two before he got hurt does not justify that. Uh, you're right on both counts. I don't think the Broncos are going to be restructuring anyone imminently. And uh, the candidates that you mentioned, I think, are the prime guys. I'll add Cortland Sutton in there uh, because he is very highly paid and uh, a trade candidate. So if he wants to stay in Denver, which he said he does, by the way, then he would take a little less money or convert it to a signing bonus, whatever. I think those are the guys that maybe Russell Wilson, we can throw him in the mix as well. Mm. Who knows? If he's all for the team, maybe he reworks the contract a little bit to give the team more uh, flexibility. But We'll find out one way or the other. This drives me nuts. There's no reason or rhyme to when this thing starts to lag. It just uh, bothers me so much. I haven't clicked away. I haven't opened another tab. Drives me nuts. But, guys, we're going to do some uh, updates here. So, as you know, each and every month, all right, as a thank you, as a way to give back to the people who support us so much, uh, we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat in the month in question. Their names go into a uh, digital hat, so to speak. We draw one, and uh, the raffle winner gets to choose a Broncos jersey that they want. We get it packed up, shipped out, etc. And we do something similar for Facebook, but we're only able to really track things as it currently stands since Facebook changed their, their analytics, unfortunately, for creators um, on YouTube. So here's your top 10 right now. First off, Michaela, the, the Duchess Parker at number one. Gary at number two, GLP. Uh, Troy in the top five. Wow. Uh, at number three, Ethan, a.k.a. DWI guys, at four. Naj, whose legend precedes him, at number five. And then you've got Sam Bam at six, Mr. Roosh at seven, Dave from Georgia eight, David Papa Bear McElrath at nine, and Divine Breaks at ten. And you can see you have just a few of the names just outside the, the top ten there. Uh, but there's still more than a half the month left to go. So plenty of time to uh, make your way up into the top 10. But Michaela, much love and respect. She, uh, she did something really cool last month to ensure to really hedge, try and make Michaela Israel, uh, give her the best possible odds, Zach, of being the winner and honest engine, like scouts honor. That was all legit that drawing and everything. Like it was all legit. We didn't, you know, we didn't stage it or whatever. We did it live with the system online so you could see it happening in real time. That was very cool to see. And look who it is, Michaela Israel. Give our best, obviously, uh, to Coop. Great to see you. Appreciate you. MHH for life. Much love and respect, Michaela. Thank you to Michaela Parker, Michaela Israel, too. You know, I, I say it every podcast, but it's true, too. Just truly foundational members of this community. And uh, you guys are definitely appreciated more than you know. By the way, Scott, if you would do me a favor and get queued up in a in a tab to do some sh a share screen, um, there's this article. I think it's number one on the carousel at MHH about Frank Clark talking about Russell Wilson. And in that article, there's a tweet that has some video. I want to play that uh, tonight at some point. Keith, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you on Facebook. 
rocking and rolling. He says, I'm getting the feeling that the O-line is being built so it doesn't matter as much who the running back is, just like the old days. Maybe, maybe. We shall see. I mean, one thing I can say for sure, Zach, is that, you know, the, this O-line is viewed by, by Sean Payton as the foundation. And in any edifice, any building, any construction, whatever gets put on top of that, all right, it doesn't matter how beautiful it is, how great the craftsmanship is, it's only as good or as strong as that foundation. And you could argue who the cornerstone is, you know, is it Bowles, is it Powers, is it McGlinchey, is it, you know, you can go down the line, but the offensive line is the foundation. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of a beautiful uh, edifice Peyton builds on top of that. But you could be onto something, Keith. We'll see about doesn't matter who the back is. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but we shall see. I agree in spirit with Keith's comment. I understand where he's coming from. The difference uh, com now compared to the old days is it's not a one running back league anymore. So it, it may be true that the Broncos O-line can be so dominant that no matter who they plug back there will have success, but they stu still do need someone that would possess Dalvin Cook's skill set, the ability to house the ball, score a touchdown from any point on the field. I love Pookie, don't get me wrong. I love Pierre, don't get me wrong, but they are power backs. If Batty could be that guy, McLaughlin could be that guy, the more the merrier, but they do need that speed element in their backfield. George Fox, the winner of the uh... – Jersey giveaway last month on Facebook. By the way, I saw a notification. I think it was yesterday. Your jersey has shipped, big dog. So be looking for that. But he says, thanks, guys, for making it even better uh, to listen to the pod when you can win a jersey. Still can't believe it as a fan since 1960. Uh, you all in MHH, group of pod guys, make you all winners, especially for those of us outside of Colorado. Denver Rocks for life, MHH for life. Well, George, listen, bud. One thing to keep in mind is we're, we're stoked that you won that. But one thing to keep in mind is it wasn't just because you were a listener, right? You have actively supported us uh, with financial contributions, on which is what stars are. They, they contribute to us financially. So uh, you got some ownership in this bad boy, so to speak, George. So really appreciate you. We're stoked to see that you won the jersey too. Really cool. A fan since 1960. It's 30 years longer than I've been alive. And that's why when the Broncos win a game, Chad, I'm so excited for Broncos country. Not necessarily for myself or for the podcast, just for all the Broncos fans out there that have followed the team for so long, that are such diehards, that are so knowledgeable, just like George. I want it for y'all. I think this year is going to be different. Uh, George, you'll be here along uh, for the ride with us. Phil, down in Tucson, proving Broncos country is not – a geographic location. It's a state of being. It says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. Personally, I would rather take the money that Cook would get and use it to get more depth on the D-line or O-line. Buck um, MHH for life. Go Broncos. And then one more Nuggets game to go. That's true. Nuggets are within striking distance of, of go ahead, you know, going ahead and putting this one in the bag. They're up. Uh, they're up 3-1, right? Mm -hmm. They're up 3-1. So, Really cool to see all the stars are aligning for the Nuggets to bring home their first ever world championship, which would just be so cool. So we got our fingers crossed on that front. But um, what's your thoughts, though, real quick, and then we'll grab Roosh on the idea of taking that money that you might use to, to spend on a Dalvin Cook and figuring out ways to get better up front? My thoughts are that we're sharing a brain because I made that same point you know, earlier in the podcast. I would like Dalvin Cook, but I would like more 
not to have Jonathan Harris be the starting defensive end or not have Lloyd Cushenberry locked in to be the starting center. The, the flexibility to add a player there takes precedence over yet another running back who would be a want, not a need. Mr. Roosh, who's been acclimating the Super Chat rankings this month. Very cool to see, my friend. By the way, if you're on Twitter, connect with us. And if you're already following, do one of these in our mentions so we can make sure we know it's you and connect the dots because so so often your YouTube handle is different than someone's Twitter account, and et cetera, et cetera. But um, we try to follow back the key members of our live audience, okay? So make sure you do that if you're on Twitter. But he says, as much as a running back sounds exciting, what are your thoughts on adding a solid interior O-line guy for depth? Dude, I'm all about it, honestly. I think you can afford to uh, be a little bit patient on this, though, just because you know, you've got this mini camp coming up, Zach, and then it's the six-week NFL desert of a, of a, a break before training camp. And so I think you can maybe even wait until training camp starts, get a feel for how things are shaping up, and then see what happens, you know, because about that time, Zach, is when the, the um, transaction wire around the league starts picking up, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you got guys who aren't cutting it that get cut, and, you know, you never know who could be available to you. Just like Evan Mathis, that the Super Bowl year of 2015, the Broncos were not anticipating a player of his caliber suddenly being shook loose, but that's what happened, and they had budgeted some money just in case something like that happened, and boom, linchpin, left guard, Super Bowl championship squad. So I wouldn't hate that idea, Zach. I'm just – I think the Broncos can be a little bit uh, patient, yeah. you know, because we're six weeks till – we're seven weeks till ch training camp-ish, and then, Zach, you've got all of training camp and preseason to kind of figure out how it's shaping up because who, who are the interior backups right now that we know of? Kyle Fuller? Uh, Forsyth. That's right. Alex Forsyth, Luke Wattenberg. Um, those are the that's pretty much it. bigger names because, of course, Natani Muti's gone, uh, Dalton Reisner's gone. Um, so yeah, maybe you could afford to, to get a little <laughs> bit more, one more proven like swing guard. You know what I mean? I think you just made the case for it. Like, if those are your top guys and, and one is kind of a no name and fuller, one's a uh, rookie and Forsyth and one's a second year player. It's not a good situation if God forbid powers or, or um, minors were to go down. I'm looking at the free agent list right now at center. Ben Jones is still out there. I thought he would retire, but he's a really good player at the pivot. Gabe Jackson is still a free agent for right guard. They play with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Chase Rouliad, center Rodney Hudson. There's some talent, but I think you nailed it, Chad. The Broncos are going to wait until rosters are pared down and eventually finalized to 53, and whoever shakes loose from those transactions, the Broncos will pick up. They are not done adding to the O-line. By the way, should Kyle Fuller give 55 to Frank Clark? I, I don't really like seeing such a cool number that is so – often a, a jersey worn by linebackers and edge guys being usurped by kind of fringe offensive line dudes. Um, I want your thoughts on that because I want to segue to a Frank Clark topic here shortly that Scott's got queued up. I, th I think uh, it would be nice for Frank Clark to take 55 and, and make it maybe what Bradley Chubb couldn't in, in that uniform. But he's going to have to pony up some money. You don't just give a jersey number up. You have to get something back in return. So if Frank Clark wants it, I'm sure something can be arranged. 
I think he just has to be patient if he really does want it because I don't. I, I, I'm doubtful. Let me just put it that way. Fuller's going to go the dist. Uh, let's grab this real quick for Michaela, and then I want to show you something, guys. That might uh, some people wonder: was this why Frank Clark, why the Chiefs allowed Frank Clark to leave? Did he? Was this like a bridge too far? I'm going to show you guys what we're talking about here. But first, real quick, grabbing this from Michaela because we don't make the Duchess wait for nothing. If we Thank you, Michaela. Love you. Thanks. Yes, she says. How do you guys feel about putting some money? Uh, instead of into Cook, into like Yannick Ngakwe. So another veteran edge rusher. Zach, what are your thoughts? The, does the Frank Clark signing make Yannick Ngakwe obsolete? Because he's not going to play hand in the Unless you make Frank Clark the hand in the dirt guy all the time on a full-time basis, you have to replace you know, the Shelby Harris role or the Derek Wolf role or the Draymond Jones role where they're not dropping back in coverage, they're not playing – standing up they're playing with their hand in the dirt i don't think yannick would um i think he's too much like frank clark i would bring back someone said matt ionitis in the in the comments that's more of a traditional defensive end the broncos would be looking for shelby harris is still out there so as much as i would like yannick i think getting frank clark kind of took yannick out of that equation i'm okay with it now as you guys know, I was very concerned with Randy Gregory being like the most proven guy on the on the depth chart. But now that you've got Frank Clark in tandem, you can afford to to really kind of lean on the potential payoff that Randy Gregory offers and just cross your fingers that he can avoid the vagaries of the injury bug. I'm cool with the top two guys being more proven the way it is. This is more reflective on certainly a smaller level, but still more reflective of how it looked at the peak of, you know, the Wade Phillips thing in Denver, right, with DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, and then their backups were two young guys with a lot of energy, a lot of upside, a lot of developmental possibilities in Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray. And that's what you have currently behind Frank Clark and Gregory and, you know, Baron Browning. Hopefully he gets back sooner than later. But Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Chris Allen. So I'm okay with the, the edge group the way it is now. But, again, just like with – it's very similar take for me, Michaela, in terms of Ngakwe. If all of a sudden it broke across the wire, Broncos sign Yannick Ngakwe, I'm not hating on it. I just think at this stage you can afford to maybe take what that what you would spend on that, go interior O-line, even more D-line. Because D-line now is a little bit more of a red thumb, sore thumb issue, I think, than uh, edge now that you got Clark. Plus, Drew Sanders can play outside linebacker as well. He can rush the passer. They can put him in those situations Great point. if EJ wants to. So I'm with you. I feel really good. I went from feeling very iffy to feeling like it's a position of strength now for that defense at edge rusher. So the Frank Clark signing, A+. plus. Okay, so check this out, guys. Um, people are wondering, why the Sam Hill did the Chiefs basically make no push at all to bring back Frank Clark, who's been with them? Since 2019, right? He was a former second-round pick of the Seahawks. Uh, after his rookie uh, contract was done, the Seahawks franchise tagged him. That lasted about a month, and then they traded him. That was a tag-and-trade. They tagged him, traded him to Kansas City for some premium draft capital, and he went on to do great things in Kansas City, uh, helped him win two Super Bowls, etc. So why has he languished? This might uh, help answer it a little bit. Scott's going to pull it up as soon as he's got it cued, but this, to set the stage, this was right before the Super Bowl, all right, Chiefs-Eagles. What happens? You get the big media day. You, they get to come out there, and, and it's their day in the sun, and they're alongside their teammates, and they get the podium, Zach. And, you know, they get like half an hour if there's enough questions to just sit there and field questions. Frank Clark from former 
Broncos wideout Brandon Marshall decided to ask him about his take on Russell Wilson because Zach, hey, he knows Russ. He played with him for four years. So Scott's going to show us what he had to say. This is kind of funny. Oh, we got no sound. One more. Probably got to do that thing. Do it one more time. Do the share again and make sure it's got the sound. Stand by. Stand by. But people have been wondering, like, tinfoil hat, um, did this have anything to do with maybe why? I don't think that it did, to be honest with you, Zach. That would seem to me to be the height of pettiness, but it is yeah. the NFL. I guess you never know. What, no sound? Hold on. Let me see what he's saying. Stand by one sec. Should we try it again? Let's try it. Let's see. Hit it one more time. No, you got to start the so so do this. So un unshare it. So like kill your share screen on it. Do it one more time, but before you fully click into it, there's that little box that says include, you know, the pages sound or whatever. And then you should be good. Then you should be good. Uh stand by real quick. We'll grab this while while he's working that out. David says rumor uh Rams Aaron Donald may be released before the season. Have you heard anything on this front, Zach? And then we'll go back to Frank Clark. I have not. The only uh, whispers I've heard are about Aaron Donald retiring, but it looks like he's giving it one more go. And uh, he is on the I, the downside. I don't think he's still prime Aaron Donald, but still, you know, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame player that's worthy of being talked about. But I have not heard that he could be released before the season. All right, let's try it one more time on Frank Clark. This doesn't work. Um, we'll try to yeah, we're good. Watching that is, you know, knowing how good Russell is, knowing his leadership skills, knowing what Russ can bring to the table. But at the end of the day, you know, football is football. And you got to learn how to adapt to the circumstances. You got to learn how to adapt to the new surroundings. We all have to learn how to do it. You've had to learn how to do it, Ben. You know, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Going from being the best, like you said, to hearing people say, yeah, he's washed up. How? How's he washed up? Y'all just forgot about how, how soon can you forget about what a man has done in this league? last year or the year before. But, I mean, we're in the league of, you know, what have you done lately type of league. So I've been the victim of, you know, I've been the victim of a guy of, of the media going, damn, man, he hasn't done nothing. He ain't done that in a few years or in a few games. Not a few years, never a few years. <laughs> in, in, a, in a few games, you know what I'm saying, to where everybody looking at Frank and everybody, the, the whole conversation is about Frank. When it's like, man, how soon can they forget what you do, you know, what you've done for a team or what you've done to get to this point. But at the end of the day, we're in a, um, what have you done for me lately league. So at the end of the day, I feel like for Russell, you know, he just take, I know him. He's going to take it all in stride. He's going to take it all in stride. And I feel like he's going to come back a better player next year with a lot to prove. Win a division. Win a division, hopefully. Hopefully. But at the end of the day, look, at the end of the day, Chase Kingdom, baby. Chase Kingdom. Y'all know me. <laughs> Oops. Now, oops, sorry. Thanks, Scott. Uh, so was it a Freudian slip? Was it just – not realizing in the in the heat of the moment because he did talk for a long time so you could tell he kind of got caught up in what he was saying yeah. and then to so quickly be asked you know while actually cut off while he's speaking win the division russ gonna win the division he's like yeah hopefully hopefully and he's like but that's your division he's like oh uh chief's kingdom y'all know me but uh that's only relevant now zach because of course he signed with the broncos but do you think that has anything to do with why the chiefs didn't bring him back no, I think he was, like you said, caught up in the moment and trying to say something nice and kind of put on the spot with that question. And 
cool to kind of see Brandon Marshall do the interviewing with a microphone in his hand. I think he has a future there, but no, I think it's, it was time to move on. I mentioned this on the last podcast, the chiefs wanted to get uh, younger and uh, cheaper on defense and not pay veterans second contracts. It's their way of doing business. And their loss was the Broncos game. I thought it was interesting though. Some of his, you know, he's, he went at length to talk about hit, you know, basically the, the Russell Wilson, big question mark of um, what happened last year, right? And I think his answer was very similar, Zach, to a lot of Wilson's former Seahawks teammates that know him, played with him for a long time, which was kind of a shock and surprise at how how bad he was at times, which was then uh, countered with the belief that the guy I know uh, he will bounce back. Like this is, this is temporary. But one thing I thought added a little bit of, juice to what frank clark said i mean before brandon marshall kind of got him in that cock you know gotcha moment which was in, inadvertent he wasn't i don't think he was necessarily expecting frank to say what he said but uh with frank's comments was you could tell it really irked him how much shade russ was getting and how he's like yo people forget what this guy's done i mean think about one year you know not so good but in in comparison to what he had done, nine-time Pro Bowler, I'm putting words in his mouth here, but, you know, Super Bowl champ, like all that stuff, missed the playoffs twice in a decade. It's how his teammates feel about the situation and former teammates. They didn't like seeing him become a, a lampoon, his play on the field notwithstanding. It's eye-opening, and I was going to comment on the same thing, so great minds. You have these outlets and analysts like pro football focus and ESPN and the hit pieces and the conjecture about Russ, but a chiefs star player is up there and telling the world, Hey, reminding everyone, listen, Russell Wilson was a good quarterback and one season doesn't define what he can do or what he has done. So it's crazy. The noise that comes out from outside the NFL about Russell Wilson, people who've never played the game, people who just get on a computer and type up hot takes or get on a microphone. But when you look inside the NFL, the guys who are on the field, the guys who are playing against Russ, they're the ones that have the real perspective on him. I thought that was pretty illuminating. Shout out Ricky Flores. Good to see you in here, bud. And then Pearl Hader, glad you're following on Twitter. I don't go on it much. Listen, I don't blame you. I got to be honest with you. I actually hate Twitter. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't requisite for what we do, I would not use Twitter. It's often a cesspool. Uh, And I, I, you know, people just, just, they're just mean. They're just a-holes oftentimes. Uh, But for us, we keep it pretty much just people who are following us, doing our thing, keeping it Broncos. But unfortunately, Zach, even in that realm of Broncos, things can get a little bit uh, lame sometimes on Twitter. I don't know what it is about Twitter, uh, why that's the the platform that seems to, you know, engender such antipathy and just like unfounded rage at times uh, and hate. But anyway, as long as you're following us, Pearl, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Because it's instant. And the society nowadays is about instant gratification or instant recognition, instant admiration, instant, you know, likes and, and, and retweets and this and that attention and platforms. Social media is a cesspool and it's, I think, ruined the world. It's another podcast for another day, but I'm right there with you. If we didn't need it for our business chat, then I probably wouldn't have it. Um, I want to grab this from Pearl. And by the way, guys, you know, Sunday in the middle of the off season, we're at about 37 minutes. 
So we're on the we're on the back nine, so to speak, of tonight's stream. If you have any burning topics, get it in the chat. We got a little bit of time left, but uh, we probably keep it a little bit short tonight. Pearl wants to know though, Zach, will the Broncos be cutting Albert Okuebuna? Um, this is an interesting question, and I wonder, Pearl, if you read Eric Trickle's article today, basically handicapping the the odds of each tight end's you know uh, chances of making it this year on the roster, and he put three guys in the top kind of like almost no-brainers, almost locks for the roster uh, in uh, Greg Dulcich, Chris Manhurts, and Troutman, okay? And then he put Albert Okwebunam in that next level, which is like a flip a coin type odds, basically. And then the bottom guys, you know, um, obviously they're they're a little bit longer odds. So do you concur? Do you think Albert O, Zach, is on some uneven footing because – before this offseason started, I would have been like, well, you know, it's the NFL. Never say never. You never know what could happen. But, um, you know, he's got so much playmaking ability, I'd be shocked. Then to see Sean Payton come in and go, no, I'm right. going to get Chris Manhurts. I'm going to go trade to bring in Troutman uh, and a few other moves. Undrafted rookie they signed and that other guy. I keep forgetting his name that you wrote up. Um, so what what are your thoughts here? <sighs> I think you know you can look at it a bunch of different ways. Number one, they acquired Manhurts. Number two, they acquired Troutman. Number three, they acquired was it Tommy Hudson? I think his name was. I'm not even sure. And number four, Sean Payton has gushed about Greg Dulcich and him being used in that Joker role and him being a a breakout candidate or at least a focal point of the offense. How do you look at Alberto Stock and and see anything optimistic? It's hard to especially when he's been in the doghouse in recent seasons under two different coaching staffs. He's not doing something right behind the scenes. And if you don't do something right with Nathaniel Hackett and you get buried, you'll get cut if that's Sean Payton. So I don't know what they're going to do. They might you know, dangle him for a draft pick. I don't know what you get back, a conditional seventh-round pick. On the other hand, to a lesser, lesser extent, I feel like it's similar to the Dalvin Cook conversation. There aren't many tight ends in that room who can do the things athletically like Alberto can doesn't mean he warrants a roster spot, but I think he warrants a closer look and they're going to give him training camp in the preseason before making a final call. Yeah. I don't know what to think of him to be honest with you, but it is a contract year. I could see it go either way. Um, but if they were to cut him, I would wonder, you know, what they might be missing out on from a playmaking perspective because, you know, I guess the biggest difference between he and Dulcich, there are, are quite a few, but the biggest difference really is neither are super proficient blockers. But let me tell you something, Greg Dulcich, he actually tries hard. Like he is working on his technique when he is locked up in his his one-on-one -on -one battles. You know, he's giving it his all, whereas Albert O kind of, you know, just gets in front of a guy and lets the chips fall, so to speak, you know, very kind of basketball-esque which makes sense when you when you understand his his background. So we'll see. Um, Keith wants to know, or he says, hey, we got to see DJ Jones step up this year. The big defensive tackle the Broncos spent some coin on last offseason. He says, I was more optimistic on him than his production last year. Um, Zach, were you at all underwhelmed by DJ Jones in year one? It's so hard to judge the defense because so many different – parts were affected by injury i mean he was one of the few con i can't remember was he hurt last year at some point he played in I 15 so. games. i think he, he might have gotten banged up missed a game but he was pretty available 
Yeah, but everything around him was in chaos. When I looked at his tape, though, and I watched him on a per-game basis, I was impressed what he did at the point of attack. He was never going to be Aaron Donald in terms of getting after the quarterback, but he is good against the run. He's a a, a, a mountain of a guy, and he just had a lot of prush, uh, production that you don't really see translate on paper. He was filling lanes. He was clogging holes. He was tying up blockers. He was doing his responsibilities so others around him could thrive. If he continues to do that, I think the Broncos defense will be okay, even if he doesn't have the gaudy sack numbers. One thing to remember, too, is guys like him, the position he plays, you know, you don't you don't really see big splash plays out of them. Um, unless like when you started seeing him pop in San Francisco, for example, it's when that defense became just insane with talent and you had two very productive edge guys, because what that does is it turns everything basically, uh, into one-on-ones other right. when you don't have edge guys demanding talent, uh, uh, attention from opposing offensive lines, it's really easy to put two guys on DJ Jones in a pass rush situation and lock him up. I mean, this is not Aaron Donald. This is not a guy that's going to split those guys with some athletically freakish move and blow everybody's mind on the way to the quarterback. That's not DJ Jones. But if you put him in a one-on-one situation and give him enough bites at the apple, so to speak, he will get a couple of splash plays getting after the quarterback. But that's not why the Broncos signed him anyway, Zach. They signed him for all the things you talked about, and that is as a as a linchpin up front to set the tone and stop the run. That's really the bottom line. Um, okay, let's grab this one. And then Zach, I'm about ready to wrap it up. If you are big dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Love the shirt. Your background should be Milo. <laughs> Indeed. Shout out descendants, Bill. Uh, Howie, what's up fellas. Are the Broncos still interested in Dalvin cook? We talked about this at the top of the show. So I'm going to give you the cliff notes version. According to Mike Cliss, doesn't appear that they're in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. So there you have it. That's the uh, the latest word. They're not going to overpay for his services. And I do think he lands with Miami. It makes too much sense. They need a running back. It's a really good coach that can make the running game happen. And Mike McDaniel, I, I believe Dalvin Cook is from Miami as well. He wanted to play there. It's, it makes all the sense in the world. So I wouldn't hold your breath, um, Howie, about Dalvin Cook in Denver. By the way, Scott's take on dj jones last year quote dj was a badass last year so for what it's worth um okay let me take one last perusal here um keith saying good point on the edge needed uh performance need for him to flourish yeah that's why hopefully keith we see some uh something you know a few more of those splash plays from dj this year but mike really appreciate you big dog thanks for everything zach we're at 45 minutes let's uh go through a few messages and we'll sign off Another tremendous episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're always rocking, check it out at MHHmerch.com. If you're on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. F.A. Jumping wow. at the 11th hour. Boom. Hello, guys. He says, happy Sunday. F.A., thank you. 
my friend. Thanks for happier that. Now, okay. Thank you. Yeah, that generosity really helps us uh, finish strong, as it were. We're dipping out. F.A., if there's anything on your mind, dude, get it in, because I'm going to do some shout-outs right now. And if there's any specific topics uh, you want us to get to, put it in the chat right now, and we'll get to it right before we sign off. But some shout-outs to our, our great Super Chat superstars tonight on YouTube, starting with The Duchess, Michaela Parker, David McElrath, Sam Bam, Troy, Gary Palmer, Michaela Israel, Mr. Rougeau 5, uh, and then, of course, F.A. coming in uh, late on Facebook. Phil, Mike, George, Keith, love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, we'll be back in the saddle uh, tomorrow night, Monday, 6 p.m. Um, F.A. with an you, F. A. another one. <laughs> Dude, hats off to you, big dog. Much love and respect. He says, Scott, I will be in Atlanta for a week starting on Sunday. I will hit you up. Uh, yeah, Scott is known to uh, grab a, a bite or a cup of coffee with with people from the community when they're in his neck of the woods, for, for what it's worth. But yeah, Effie, rad to hear. Thank you so much for that generosity. Right as we're signing off, dude, I, now I feel a little bit guilty, but we've kind of tapped all the topics for tonight. So uh, anything you missed, just rewind the stream, big dog. Appreciate you, Effie. But love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great end to your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.